You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening. This is episode 25 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. With me, Charlotte Greenway, it's Friday the 28th of January. This week kicked off with the news that luxury jewellers Boodles will sponsor the 2022 Cheltenham Gold Cup. Already sponsors of the Fred Winter at the festival, the agreement length, although, remains unknown. Since the beginning of the pandemic, jockeys have been unable to use the saunas at racecourses, and so the BHA introduced an additional £3 allowance for all jockeys. However, this week decided to remove the on-call saunas for good, take away the added £3 allowance and replace it with a £2 rise in minimum and maximum weights, leaving jockeys a pound worse off. This has led to uproar from inside the weighing room and here's a quick line from Jane Mangan who was on the podcast earlier in the week as to why she believes the way this has been dealt with has ruffled a few feathers. It seems to me and anybody who's you know following the story that the jockeys felt they were negotiating to keep the allowance and lose the saunas or lose the allowance and have the saunas back. What I thought was there's obviously a number of uh, interesting developments from the initial announcement, right? So where was the breakdown in communication? Was it with the PGA? Who's responsible for the fact that the jockeys have felt blindsided? And I can completely understand why they feel blindsided because it is not at all what they were expecting. Everybody, I think, was under the understanding that the £3 COVID allowance was always meant to be temporary, but I don't think the jockeys were aware that the saunas were never going to be coming back. It seems like they were being removed even before this negotiation had actually been finalised. US trainer Bob Baffert's hearing versus New York Racing Naira's kicked off this week and has taken many twists and turns. Natalie Voss has been there for every session for the Paulick Report and on Thursday spoke to Nick at length about the hearing and here's just a snippet. I mean, Natalie, it's a curious one to, to those of us watching from the outside because we believe that this is a case founded on medication use or abuse of, of medication. But given all this extraneous detail, is it just as much about Baffert's overall reputation and the way he's perceived as much as anything else? That certainly seems to me to be Naira's sort of theory with the case. Um, they've been pretty consistent, I would say, in the witnesses that they've presented at kind of saying there's a two-pronged issue here there's the medication violations, and then there's the public perception of those violations and the fact that there were a number of them in a short amount of time. Um, the other side of that, from what I can tell so far, is kind of a little, it's a little harder for me to follow. It seems to sort of be focused on, well, these were very small amounts of therapeutic medications. It's really not Naira's business to be ruling somebody off like this. Naira is not without conflict uh, is, as far as, you know, uh, board members having an interest in raising it's been a little bit more scattered I would say on the other side as far as yes he has a good reputation and this isn't really a big deal and, and this is all kind of just very unfair um, whereas I, 
to me, it's been easier to follow what Naira has been asserting. It's a two-pronged kind of thing. The other side seems to be a little bit more kind of hit here and hit there so far. Yesterday in the UK, we had a hearing of the disciplinary panel relating to a race at Newcastle back in 2018, where six to four favourite ladies first finished well beaten and post-race tested positive for beta blocker Timolol. The BHA then launched an investigation in which CCTV from the racecourse stables showed two men, both members of staff at the racecourse, approaching the horse's stable as well as another horse that day, for which a hair test later revealed traces of Timolol also. The BHA accepted that the trainer of Ladies First, Mick Easterby, was entirely blameless. Racing continued at the Dubai World Cup Carnival this afternoon and once again, Dali Stallion Dubawi and trainer Charlie Appleby were on the scoreboard. This time, thanks to Siskani in the listed Alcohol Trophy over a mile and six, where British-based trainers trained the first seven home. I'm off to Cheltenham on Saturday, where it could be a big day for Nicky Henderson and JP McManus as they send out Champ and Chantry House in preparation for the festival in March. Champ heads to the Cleave Hurdle on a high on the back of his success in the Long Walk Hurdle at Ascot last time and takes on Paisley Park and Lisnagar Oscar again, as well as Paul Nichols' McFabulous and outsider Dandy Mag. He shortened up as favourite for the World Hurdle in March during the week when Classical Dream finished down the field behind Royal Kahala at Gorham Park and 2-1 on for tomorrow probably looks about right. In contrast, Chantry House heads to the Cotswold Chase on a bit of a revival mission after never looking happy in the King George at Christmas and if he's going to pose a threat in this year's Gold Cup, you'd think he needs to be winning this. However, former stablemate Santini won this in 2020 and will be trying to land it again for now trainer Polly Gundry, who spoke to Tom Stanley about the race on Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm, whilst I'm um, obviously nervous, I'm, I think he's really well and I'm very pleased with how he is at home. Were you pleased with last time? Was that what you expected off the, the back of a big old absence? <laughs> yeah, um, it was one of those things that... Uh, we asked Harry to go and be positive and then because um, Venetia's horse went off quite quickly oh. and Harry was positive and didn't take Venetia's horse on at all but went with was, was mostly four or five lengths or two or three lengths behind that horse uh, we did too much too early and therefore he got really tired he'll strip fitter for that race anyway and he's a bit leaner anyway Um I was really, I was really pleased that he went and ran and jumped with some zest, but I was um, very, I'm very cautious that he did get really quite tired uh, turning in, and therefore I've been building his confidence up ever since. So hopefully we've eradicated um, that feeling of him being really tired, and yeah. hopefully he'll come out and run well again. Well, when he when he got to you, Polly, what were you sort of? You know, based upon the fact that he was a pretty well-known horse anyway. What, what were your first assessments of him at home and settling in? Um, uh, he, he's always been a charming horse. He's a real gentleman. And he was just a bit too much of a gentleman again. Um, I think it's been pretty well documented in, in the past that uh, Nicky Henderson had, had struggled a little bit with his feet. And all I've done is try to make sure he's comfortable in his feet. Mm. And then if he's comfortable in his feet, hopefully he can go and put his 
get going run with some confidence. And I love this idea of which I I I feel you know I think it, it can definitely be the case that horses in a way can be too nice, can they? They can you know. Oh, absolutely, and he's definitely one of those. Um, when he bucks and plays and really gets quite fizzy, I would I. I Rarely will I ever reprimand him in mm. any shape or form for getting too fizzy because he is such a gentleman. He would definitely wear a bow tie if he was human. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's very important that he feels bullish and arrogant. He has got a lovely arrogance about him uh, when in good form. And, and I am I think he has that at the moment. And I know Harry rode him first start for you. Nick, Nick jocked up at the moment. That, that the, the plan to have Nick on board? The plan to have Nick on board because... Um, Harry is, if we were to go down the Gold Cup route, mm. Harry has got protect, protector at. Um, it was, we did think, well, Harry had done a really good job and Harry's been a great support that we would keep Harry on. But if I would, it was sort of me that really wanted to have the person on that was likely to ride him in the Gold Cup. And as Harry probably couldn't ride him in the Gold Cup, uh, we uh, ask Nick. Nick comes and rides out for me a bit and rides for us a bit. Not that I've got many horses, mm-hmm. but um, also Nick was very available to come and ride him out, and so he's ridden him four or five times since uh, since he ran last. So that that sort of boosts us as well. Um, Polly, really appreciate the update, and um, good luck at the weekend. Looking forward to seeing him. Thank you very much. Cool Cody is back at his beloved Cheltenham in the two and a half mile handicap chase on Saturday. And his trainer, Evan Williams, spoke to Tom about what will be the horse's 12th start at the course. Well, look, all his best form is around there. Um, we had him in a couple of other races, but he was all wrong at the weights in them. So we decided, look, stick to the tried and tested and run him over, over the trip where he seems to run very well. So how do you... It seems ridiculous to, be, to ever be disappointed with this horse. You know, and, he, and he ran really well last time, but... I suppose that what I'm looking to ask is why wasn't he most effective? Was it just the weight last time or was it something else, do you think? No, look, I would say he had a couple of hard races and the handicapper, you know, always gets his revenge. I mean, he hasn't moved him for that um, run last time. So, you know, we're in exactly the same situation. You know, we're off the same mark, actually carrying top weight. It'll be a devil of a difficult job to get in the first three, let alone to win the race again. Does he absolutely have to go forward is that that absolutely a given with him i don't think so it's just you know that's how he's effective really i suppose you know um you know and he hasn't had to but it's just that he enjoys himself then let him enjoy himself really um but i mean he's one he's he's one being held up behind the leaders it's just um wait that place you see people don't realize cheltenham if you can get a bit of rhythm going and you can get dancing around there, there's no doubt in it, it can help because trying to make up ground, it, it's quite difficult if um, if you're sort of making mistakes and trying to try to make ground when actually you're going downhill and around bends. So it's if you can go forward, it helps you sometimes around there. I think what I, I love about him is, particularly going around Cheltenham, is he, he'll quite often go to his right at a fence and yet he's so effective going that way around. I, I wonder if it's because on you know on the front end he ends up half getting his own way or at least not having horses too close to him because he can just go a little bit right at his fences so they almost you know just keep a little bit away if that makes sense. Oh, geez. do you know what? I don't know what it. I mean, it doesn't make any sense um, because there's no doubt in that you know that's the way he puts himself um, to correct um, when things aren't going well. But also he 
he has an uncanny habit of going through them as well, you know, to put himself right. So it makes no sense. Cheltenham shouldn't suit him. It should be the last place we should be going. But look, it's horses for courses is, is the truest saying in the book. Mm. Uh, yeah, you went to Kempton, didn't you, in between one of the, the 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 Cheltenham runs, and I suppose on the face of it, he was a touch disappointing, so, so stick to what you know with Cheltenham. There's also a couple of Cheltenham Festival trials at Doncaster on Saturday, and favourite for the River Don Novices Hurdle over three miles is the Chris Gordon train Unanswered Prayers, ridden by Josh Moore, who caught up with Tom Stanley before his return to the saddle this afternoon, after over three months on the sidelines. Do you feel you can you can get straight back in and be race fit, or do you feel you you know sometimes you just need a couple of couple of rides, maybe a couple of days, couple of weeks? I don't know to to get back to a hundred percent. To be honest, I've, when I've come back from spells on the sidelines before, it often comes back to you quite quickly. I think um, I, I think I've been back doing the riding out and the schooling for a couple of weeks now, so I feel like I've plenty of that under my belt, but. Um, the race riding, yeah, obviously when you you're you're back doing it, it, it is a different ball game. But in all fairness, I I feel like I haven't stayed out of touch with it. Um, I stayed like watching the racing every single day and following the racing and try. And there's nothing like race riding, I'm sure. But to be honest, when I've had injuries in the past, I've come back with winners straight away, given good runs straight away, and ridden in big races before straight away mm. so um, it's not something that ever ever concerns me really so you you got Gleno today Friday then you got a big ride in the, the grade 2 the River Don with unanswered prayers yeah uh, unanswered prayers tomorrow is, I rode him in a bumper last year on Kempton and I, I thought the world of him and um, so he's pleased to see that he's started his, his career off well over hurdles this year and he hopefully um, should have a good chance tomorrow anyway the big flat race of the weekend is the Pegasus World Cup Invitational on Saturday at Gulfstream Park and NBC Sports's Matt Bernier previewed the race on the podcast this morning. The beauty of this year's Pegasus World Cup is the two main players, Nick's go and life is good. They should have no excuses coming out of Saturday's race regardless of the outcome. Nick's go is a need the lead type. He's a speed horse breaking from post position number one. There's one way for Joel Rosario to go. You break, you send him to the front, and you say, come and catch me if you can. Life is good has yet to prove that he can sit off of a target and be effective, but everything about his demeanor suggests that that's not going to be an issue. I think Arad Ortiz Jr. is going to have a decision to make very early on. Do you want to take the race to life is good, rounding the first turn and down the backside, or are you going to be content taking sort of a flanking position and saying, you know what? I know what I have beneath me. We're going to take our shot as we round the far turn and try to win this race there. Uh, The trainers have no issues at Gulfstream Park. Brad Cox, Todd Pletcher, we know this is Pletcher's playground this time of year. The distance, I think, is ideal for both horses. Nick Sko has proven himself at a mile and a quarter, but I think he's slightly better at this nine for a long distance that we'll have on Saturday. And while life is good, has never gone beyond a mile and a 16th in his career again to the demeanor and the professionalism. He doesn't give off the the indication that this is going to be any sort of an issue. I don't think there are any excuses for either party. I think it's a two-speed number. They're going to hook up, and they're the two best horses in the race, plain and simple. If you want to take a contrarian standpoint and say they're going to go too fast too early, take the starch out of one another and set something up for, for a wild result, I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. My personal feeling is they're going to go one-two all the way around the racetrack, and I think when push comes to shove, life is good 
is a more, let's say, brilliant racehorse than Nick's Go. And I think we're just scratching the surface of life as good's potential. Nick's Go, I have no issues with him whatsoever. He's a deserving horse of the year for 2021. But I think 2022 is going to be the year of life as good. I hope you enjoy all the action over the weekend and Tom will be with you on Monday to bring you the latest news and insight from around the world of horse racing as Nick makes his way back from the Pegasus. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.